As we prepare to hear God's Word this morning, we're going to take out the song sheet uh, in the rack in front of you, uh, from the rack, on, turn to number uh, 292 on that, our new um, song of the month for December, uh, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence. If you've read the bulletin, you know this is probably not one of the more well-known of the Christmas songs, but it is a historic Christmas song. Um, and it's the song that uh, uh, Dorothy played for us as the Advent lighters were coming up this morning. Uh, you'll notice a couple things about it. First, it, it is a song that is sung in unison. So that means we're all singing the same thing. Some songs are in parts and we sing different parts. This is a song some sung in unison. And there is some repetition. Uh, we sing the first phrase, let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. And then the, the musically, the next phrase is the same, ponder nothing earthly-minded for the blessings in his hand. And the last two phrases also very similar, not identical, but very sim similar. So we'll, we'll sing this together, the four verses of 292, uh, in unison, let all mortal flesh keep silent.
This morning, God's word comes to us from Micah chapter 5. Prophecy of Micah chapter 5 that is found on page 989 in the Bibles in the rack. And this morning we're going to read just the first five verses, actually half of verse 5 of the prophet Micah chapter 5. Micah 5, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's word. Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel." And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Here we in the reading of God's holy word. Well, today is the first day of December already. It seems that time flies by. Um, we often, uh, when we enter the month of December, uh, suddenly Christmas is upon us. And we say, it kind of snuck up on us. Well, uh, in the history of the Christian church, there has been a way for us to help to prepare for the celebration of Christmas and the Incarnation. And we call that uh, time of preparation Advent. Uh, children, Advent is the four Sundays, the four weeks preceding the celebration of Christmas. And you can tell that this morning because we have the Advent reading and the Advent candle. Um, it helps us to focus on what's coming up, on the coming of Christ into the world, because that is a reminder of God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness to His Word. That from of old, God promised that he would send the Messiah. He would send a Redeemer. He would send his Son to save his people from their sins. And that's what we celebrate, God's faithfulness to his promises as we think about Advent this year. For our Advent series this year, I guess if you wanted to give a title um, to this four-part series, uh, we are going to talk about Jesus' biography. Biography kids are the facts about somebody. Jesus' biography. We're going to talk about Jesus' birthplace. Next week we'll talk about Jesus' family tree. Then we'll talk about the name that was given to him. And then finally we'll talk about his mission, why it is that he came. Jesus' birthplace, his family tree, his name, and his mission, Jesus' biography. So this morning, Jesus' birthplace. Where was he born? And, and, and I imagine, kids, if I asked you, where was Jesus born? If you thought for just a little bit, I'm pretty sure you could tell me, well, he was born in Bethlehem. 
He was born in Bethlehem. We sing the song, O little town of Bethlehem. That's where Jesus was born. Now that's, that's fairly common knowledge for us. We know Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's obvious. It was not obvious when Jesus was born. They were not expecting him to come to Bethlehem. In fact, you recall that uh, in Matthew, when we have the story of the wise men who later came to find Jesus, uh, that story is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 2. We read there in Matthew 2, Now after Jesus was born, in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then Herod the king heard this. He was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembled all his chief priests and scribes of the people and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it was written by the prophet and now they quote Micah. For you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The, the wise men went to Jerusalem. They went to the capital. That's where a king should be born. But they are told, no, not here. The prophet says in Bethlehem, God's faithfulness to his word. And so we talk about the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem. And, and Jesus being prophesied to be born in Bethlehem happens at a very unlikely time. There's unlikely things going on that this prophecy should come now. Remember, Micah is prophesying, and here he's speaking to the southern kingdom. You recall that uh, Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom would go off into captivity in about 722 or so. Assyria would take them away. Now, now, Micah is speaking to the southern kingdom, to those who remain, about 20 years later or so, and warning them. Because once again, Assyria is coming to attack, which is why he says in verse 1, Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us. Siege is laid. Sennacherib of Assyria was coming to attack again. This was not a time of strength in Judah. It was a time of weakness. Unlikely circumstance that a king would be born in this place. Not the stronghold of Judah, but a place of weakness. The prophet says, With the rod they strike the judge king of Israel on the cheek. They are coming to attack, and that using prophetic language, it's like being struck on the cheek with a rod. Well, in a self-defense encounter, you always want to protect your head. There's so many things important. You want to protect your head, keep your hands up, protect your head. And they say it's as if, it's as if his hands are down, a time of weakness, and you can strike him on the head with a rod. It was not a time of strength for Judah, not a time of, 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 of might a time of weakness, a time of frailty, an unlikely time for the prophecy of a king to be born here. When Jesus comes, 
when he is born in Bethlehem. Also an unlikely time, unlikely circumstances. Uh, Israel is not strong at that point. They are under the control of Rome. The nation, weak, frail. Uh, They had missed the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Where is he? They don't know. An unlikely time, unlikely circumstances, a time of apparent weakness. But it's into this weakness that the Christ would come. We think about the world today and power, strength in the world today. We don't often consider the church as one of the power brokers in society. No, the power brokers are Wall Street. The power brokers are Pennsylvania Avenue. This is where true power is. If you want influence, you go and you study law, or you study economics, or you study international politics. These are the strongholds of the world. It seems unlikely that the the king of all creation would be born into the church. But that's where the true power is found. True power, true authority is found in the church of Jesus Christ. A power that is so great, it can bring dead people back to life. The gospel is more powerful than anything the world can muster. The power of the gospel takes someone who is dead in transgressions and sins, unable to do anything to help themselves, and by the power of Jesus Christ and his spirit, raises us to new life. That's true power. That's real authority. It may seem unlikely. It may seem to be a place of weakness. Oh, it's just the church. But in the church of Jesus Christ is the ministry of the gospel, the power to change hearts, to change lives, the true power to change the world. Unlikely circumstances, but this is where the king will come. He is born in Bethlehem an unlikely location. Verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. We sometimes talk about small towns. Um, I came from somewhat of a small town up in Washington State and uh, northwest Iowa, lots of small towns. Uh, Bethlehem was a small town. In fact, Bethlehem was such a small town. When they drew maps... They didn't even include Bethlehem on the map. That's how small it was. Insignificant. Unlikely. If a king was to be born, he would certainly be born in Jerusalem, the capital. This is where the power was, not in Bethlehem. You who are too small even to be noticed among the clans of Judah. But it's here, in Bethlehem, we hear the promise of the king to come. And and when Judah heard those words, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, from you shall come forth one who will be ruler, their minds would go back 
would go back in their history to another king, another great ruler who came from Bethlehem. They would think of King David. You recall the story, children, about how Samuel came to anoint a king? And he went to uh, David's father's house and says, I need to anoint the king. And so, so David's father brings his sons in to see which one will be chosen to be king. And the first son, Aliav, comes up and, you know, strong, good-looking man. But no, that's not the one. And then Abinadab comes up next. Oh, he's not the one. And then Shammah comes up next. He's not the one. And son after son after son come by. And finally, there's no more left. And Samuel says, aren't there any more sons? God told me to anoint one of your sons as king. Well, there is one more son. There is, there, there's a son out taking care of the sheep. He's in the field. David, bring him in, says Samuel. And this is the one whom God chose to anoint as king over his people. Seemingly insignificant, unlikely, but David would become the greatest king over God's people. When they talked about going back to the good old days, they talked about the days of David. When David was king, a man after God's own heart. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old from ancient days, who has been prophesied to come. Jesus Christ, his rule was from of old, from ancient days. Already back in the Garden of Eden, there was a prophecy of one who would come to destroy the serpent. That prophecy looked past David, looked forward to Jesus Christ, that king who would come in an an unexpected location, who would come to Bethlehem, the least, but who would be the greatest king. Today, the story of Christmas um, continues to come to the world. Um, we see, uh, you know, this many shopping days till Christmas left, and, and don't miss the Black Friday sales, and don't miss the Cyber Monday sales, and don't miss all these sales. The world counts shopping days till Christmas. Now, that's interesting, because even the world recognizes something special is going on. They will recognize, look, there is this day, this Christmas day. Now, they get it wrong in terms of what they think it's all about. They think it's about shopping and money and gifts and these things. But at least they notice, even the world notices, something's happening. And it's our glorious task to bring the truth about Christmas to perhaps unlikely locations. People not, not thinking about these things in their, in their fullness, and we, can, we are called to bring the truth to them, to share the message that we know. Because, because the truth of God's word and the truth of Jesus Christ can come in very um, unexpected locations. Kids, I love, I love the Christmas shows on TV. I love Frosty the Snowman, and I love uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite is a Charlie Brown Christmas. I love Charlie Brown. And, and, and one of the reasons I love that Christmas show so much 
You remember the story maybe of Charlie Brown and, and he's supposed to go out and he's supposed to find a Christmas tree for his friends and he comes back with this, this tiny little twig of a tree and then he puts an ornament on it and it bends over and he gets really disgusted with himself and he's depressed and finally, finally Charlie Brown calls out, isn't there anybody who can tell me the real meaning of Christmas? And Charlie Brown's friend, Linus with the blanket, Linus comes out. And Linus says, I can tell you the true meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. On the public airwaves, on the television, the truth about Christmas, an unlikely location. Today, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Yes, that truth may come to unlikely locations, but it is, it is our privilege and our obligation to share that truth with those around us. Perhaps we are we are in a store in a line of buying something and someone says, so, so um, how is your preparation for Christmas going? And rather than just say, well, yeah, I've got this many shopping days left, we say, yes, I am preparing. I'm preparing for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. That opens up a conversation, perhaps, in unlikely places. And we are called to bring to bring this glorious truth. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. It may come in uh, unlikely circumstances. It may come in unexpected locations. Because Jesus Christ also would be um, an unusual king. His reign would not be what we would expect. What does the prophet say? Verse 4. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. The king will be a shepherd, not a mighty warrior. That's not what the prophet says. The king will be a shepherd. Again, like, like David. A shepherd who would, who would live with his sheep. That's what shepherds did, kids. They lived with their sheep. They would, they would protect their sheep. They would direct their sheep. But they lived with them. In the incarnation, in Christmas, Jesus comes and he lives with his people. The choir sang Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He leaves the heights of heaven. He leaves the glory of that fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he comes down to earth to shepherd his people, to live with his people. And by his word, he continues to protect and to direct. That word of God given to us, a, a king who lives and dwells among his people. He will shepherd them in the strength of the Lord. Not simply human strength. Remember David. David was a strong man. He, he killed a lion and he killed a bear and David defeated Goliath. But this greater son of David will rule with the strength of the Lord. He won't defeat just physical foes, but Jesus Christ, this King, 
will defeat the devil himself. He will have victory over the power of Satan. And he does that, again, in the most unusual way. He, he secures life for his people through his own death. He dies that we might live. Paul mentions that in Romans chapter 6, being united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in his resurrection. The king comes, offers up his own life that we might have life. The prophet says, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. The people of this king dwell securely. They are sure. He is their king. He is their ruler. He has given up his life so they might have life. There's a, there's a confidence we have when we know Jesus Christ. A confidence in our salvation, knowing it's not up to us to try to find a way that God will choose to save us. He has chosen us. He has sent his son. He has secured our salvation. And we have every reason to continue to trust in him. He will be their peace. Not just a, a peace among men, but he will be their peace. A peace between a holy God and fallen man. Jesus will reconcile us to God. He himself will be our peace, the one who goes between, the one who reconciles, the one who brings us back together. He will redeem his sheep. He will secure his sheep. This, this most unlikely king continues to shepherd his people today, continues to secure his people today, gives us the confidence the confidence and the joy of our salvation, and that that king rules to the ends of the earth. The, the church of Jesus Christ is a worldwide church. It's beyond these four walls. It's beyond our nation. It is around the globe. And that church continues to grow as the glorious message of the gospel, the glorious message of Christmas, the glorious message of this king continues to go out. This, this Christmas season, God calls us to share that glorious message. A message that, that may come uh, in unlikely circumstances. So, suddenly there's an opportunity for us to share the truth. Don't remain silent. A message that perhaps comes at an unexpected location. We don't expect the opportunity and suddenly there we are. Don't remain silent. To tell the truths of of Jesus Christ. Oh, that was just a man in the Old Testament, that he was just a good prophet. No, let me tell you the truth. He was a king who came from heaven to shepherd his people, and now his kingship is around the entire globe. This is what we celebrate as we think about Jesus Christ, as we think about the incarnation, the celebration of Christmas. A king who was promised long ago. He came, he came at an unlikely time. He came at an unlikely place, but he continues to rule powerfully over all of his people. And this is the message we bring to those today. So once again, God calls us to, to put our faith, put our hope, put our trust in this King Jesus, in the church, where the power is, 
where God's authority is, where His Word is proclaimed, and where God, by His Spirit, continues to work. Jesus calls us today to to bow the knee before Him as our King of kings, as our Lord of lords, to embrace this Savior, this Shepherd Savior, and so the truth of a King who came to rule and to reign and to dwell with all of His people, as He does even today, by the power of His Holy Spirit. Let us join together in prayer. Lord our God, we praise you for the joy of this time of year, this season where we focus on the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. And as we go through Advent and talk about the various facts about who Jesus Christ was, may this, O God, not be something that we simply think about inside of ourselves, but that you would open our mouths to speak the truth that we know, to speak to those around us, those whom you place in our path, to tell them the truth of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he came to do. And in so doing, O God, that you might bring glory unto yourself, you might continue to increase your church, and you might show yourself to be that God who is merciful and gracious, who sent your Son to be king over all creation. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.